Long story short, do push-ups, go for a run, do whatever you can do to stay physically strong because listen, I've been talking a lot and I haven't mentioned it here about lionesses and lions versus lambs, right? And if you've been you know, following me on Instagram and every place else, I've been talking about this and it's been good because a lot of people are saying, you're right, Tom, I need to be a lioness in this situation. A lioness is calm, focused, takes care of their tribe, right? Doesn't waste their energy. It's the same thing for you. So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all wanna create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we wanna do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time that we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, today is March 16th, 2020, 3.30 as I'm recording this. Um, I'm thinking a lot about this question, and it is, how do you handle crisis? How do you handle tragedy? How do you handle death? How do you handle hardship? Um, in my short time on this planet, almost 50 years, I can think of a couple stock market crashes, I can think of earthquakes, I can think of hurricanes, I can think of rate jumps, I can think of uh, death of loved ones. I can think of 9-11, Sandy Hook. You can just go on and on and on. And, and listen, I, I know that you don't listen to me, uh, you know, to have a buzzkill here or to be upset, but I'm just thinking about it. Like the, the most consistent thing in life is change, right? Everybody loves a new baby, a new car, a new home. They love the things that are positive. And, and I'm always of the opinion that you know you gotta you gotta experience dark to appreciate like uh, light. You gotta you know you gotta be okay with cold to appreciate the warmth. Like it, it's the balance of the universe is the best way to describe it in my simple mind. So today I want to talk to you about how do you handle a crisis and then what should you be doing right now? As I'm sitting here on March 16th at 3:30, recording this, knowing I'm gonna send it to you in two days. Um, so I hope first and foremost that you and your family and your loved ones are paying attention and that you're safe and that you're doing all the right things for the people that you love and for this business that we all love, right? The business of helping people, buying and selling real estate, doing loans, doing transactions. And if you're not and you're one of my entrepreneurial uh, you know, buddies, it's the same thing. So, so here's the question, you ready? Look back in your life and ask yourself, like, how do you typically handle a crisis? Um, do you get calm and focused? right? I find myself doing that. Uh, or do you freak out and panic? And, and I'd certainly know a lot of people that I wrote about it in my second book. There's just a lot of people that freak out and panic. And even though in many cases it has absolutely nothing to do with them, they're just the kind of people, like I've talked about in so many other short form videos or podcasts or on Tom Ferry shows where I say, you know, in life, when you get squeezed, what comes out? And we all get squeezed right now. The whole planet is being squeezed, right? The example that my mentor at the time, that when he shared this with me, Dr. Wayne Dyer, he said, Tom, you know, if I squeeze an orange, I don't get apple juice, I get orange juice. In life, if you get squeezed, if all you have is pent up fear, anxiety, uh, upset, you know, all these open loops and things you haven't solved, when you get squeezed, that all comes out. By the way, it's an important tip for you to think about as you're dealing with people right now that, you know, the reaction that they're having 
on you, with you, around you isn't always the reaction to what's happening. Sometimes it's just the effect that they were never able to release some of this built up tension and anxiety and stress. So back to the question, how do you handle a crisis? Do you get calm? Do you get focused? Uh, do you hide in a foxhole? I've got a lot of friends right now that I'm reaching out and saying, hey, hey, we need you out here, right? Uh, we need you to step up. We need you to lead. And some of my friends that are watching this right now, we've had this phone call recently where I'm like, look, your team needs you. Your community needs you. Your family needs you. This is not the time metaphorically to jump in the foxhole and start hiding. You with me on this? When a crisis occurs, how do you handle it? How do you manage yourself? How do you manage the situation? I wrote down, here's, here's a big one that we see. Um, do you get political and point fingers and start yelling and screaming, or at least doing it on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you find yourself? Or do you ask yourself the question, how can I help? Right? Who can I serve? What's the difference that I can make today? Now, I'm not judging in any way, shape, or form how one responds. I simply want to call to your attention that the world is full of moments like this, right? And, and as I've said over and over again to people, how we respond and what we do over the next 60 to 90 days can make or break somebody's brand. It can make or break how the world views you going forward. Now you might argue, but Tom, everybody I know is freaking out right now, to which I re respond to you, really? Is everyone freaking out or are you showing up and freaking out on them and getting them all lathered up into your freakedness? I know that was totally incorrect English, but you know me, right? I'm just keeping it real. Um, now more than ever, we need to lead. And I'm asking you as someone that's in my tribe to step up. Right? I'm responding to text messages every day. I'm shooting videos. I'm doing conference calls. I'm doing everything in my power all day long to help move people forward. And I'm asking you as someone that's in my tribe to do the same. So I thought what I would do today is just remind you of a couple things. The first thing is to remember that our business, yours and mine, we're in the service business. So we, we, we solve problems every day. And in the past, I wrote this note for myself, like in the past, and you've heard me say this before, and countless mentors of mine before would say something basically around, look, your income is in direct correlation to the amount of times you can get punched in the face and get back up, or the amount of problems that you can solve. And you know what? It's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. You know it, and I know it. Someone that sells five homes a year solves a certain number of problems. Someone that sells five homes a week solves a larger number of problems. So... There's no doubt being in the service business, what we do is we solve problems for a profit. Like that's what we do, right? So again, you go back to the question, how do you manage crisis, right? How do you manage situations like this, right? It could even be like, how do you manage like when a deal falls apart, right? We know that some agents, when a deal falls apart, like they lose their minds where other people are like, okay, I don't like it. Now what's the lesson and what do I need to do? And how do I make sure this doesn't happen again? And how can I, how can I, you know, resolve this conflict or this challenge with a client, right? It's two sides of the coin. And I'm asking you today, now more than ever with the amount of media and press, right? That the coronavirus is receiving all over the world that we need to be the calm force, right? That we need to do everything in our power to be the steady one, right? The calm one, the focused one, the one that's not buying into the noise and the insanity, right? But instead being of service. So here's what I wrote down. Today, 
I would add to this very famous conversation. I think Jim Rohn was the first one that I heard it from. My dad would tell me all the time, right? Kind of the same thing. Your income's in direct correlation to the amount of problems that you can solve for others. You know, the amount of good you can do for others, the way, you know, your ability to move people forward. I can hear them saying that to me over and over again, right? And it resonates so positively in my mind. I would argue that today, the thing I would add to it, and here's what I wrote down, your brand, AKA how people feel about you, how people feel about you, right? Which is like your clients, your sphere, your friends, the people in your community, how they feel about you will be positively or negatively impacted by the actions you take or don't take over the next 30, 60, 90 days. Now, nobody has a crystal ball, right? Nobody can say, hey, this thing's gonna be over in two weeks, two months, two quarters. Nope, nobody knows. But if we think about that and we get wrapped up in it, it's probably gonna throw us into a tailspin. So instead, what if we just said, what are some things that I could do daily, first and foremost, to be the best me I can be, right? So I'm like that example of, you know, when we get squeezed, what comes out? So I make sure that I am at my very best because we're all gonna deal with the squeeze of clients and challenges and upset and heaven forbid, like, you know, just the loss of someone, right? And, and boy, we don't, nobody wishes that on anybody, right? Like, but when these things occur, right? How are you gonna show up? How are you gonna be in that moment? Well, potentially people that you know or people that you don't know are in a panic, how are you gonna show up? And I would argue again, your brand, your brand, my brand, your brand, all of us, right? Like how we show up for the next 30, 60, 90 days is really gonna determine sort of the backside of this whole thing, which is, you know, what happens afterwards? You know, it reminds me, um, and I know, you know, there's maybe some notes on this that I've been jotting down. When I really think about this experience, um, it's different from like the collapse of 2008, right? The collapse of two, seven, eight, whenever you felt it, I felt it in 2007. Um, it really showed up in 2008. I remember thinking to myself, I have no idea when this is going to end. But then I counter that to, you know, being in New York with the Rand family and, hundreds of their agents during, you know, 9-11. And I remember the mob. Do you remember the mob saying, we'll never fly again? Like, think about it. Like, do you remember that? Did you maybe even say to yourself, I, I'm never going to get on an airplane. And yet the airlines continue to flourish, right? And it took, if you look at the sort of human psychology, anywhere between 60 to 120 days before we were right back to doing our everyday lives even though like the world went into war and all this other stuff, right? We got back to buying and selling, to moving you know, people forward, to getting on subways, to taking airplanes. Like we got back to it pretty quickly because as a society, we're really, really resilient. I'm asking you maybe just to remind yourself of that. So here's some things I wrote down that I thought, you know, if I was sitting with you one-on-one, -on -one, I would say literally here is like five things I want you to do right away. The first thing I would tell you, it's all about mental toughness and really physical toughness. So around mental toughness, I would say to you, I don't care what your religious beliefs are. I don't care, you know, whatever. You believe in dog, nothing, you know, God, Buddha, Allah, Muhammad, like it's all good by me, right? Or you believe in nothing, I don't care, ready? I think every day, two to three times a day, you should probably do a 10 minute meditation. You should probably do a prayer, right? I'm looking at Tristan who, you know, not too long ago, we were, I forget even what the situation was because it's such a nothing compared to, you know, the sort of, you know, moment of today. Um, but Tristan and I were on the road. RJ was with us. 
and it was something in business. And I, I remember just having this moment like, oh God, I just want to like kill someone, right? We've all been there, right? For a second. And then what did I say? I'm like, let's do a meditation, right? And Tristan, had you meditated before? No. no, right? So he's sitting right over here, you know, helping, helping record this. And he hadn't meditated before. And I'm like, let's just put on the Calm app. And this is not a promotion for the Calm app. It could be any app. I don't care. 10 minutes, we both were like, okay, he's going to close my eyes. I'm going to listen to this person. I'm going to breathe. There was no specific meditation. I just went to the next one in line. And 10 minutes later, we were both like, oh, okay. All right. Now we see things as it is. We know what we need to do next. I would argue that, you know, prayer and meditation right now, a couple times a day, just to center your mind, right? And you can pull over in your car you could, you know, you could be sitting inside your house. You can go into your closet and like close the door by yourself and do a 10 minute meditation. Everyone can you with, I don't know why it said closet, but that just sounds funny. Maybe like for, if you're living in an apartment with nine other people, right? Maybe you jump in the closet and do your meditation. That'd be the first thing. The second thing is I cannot stress enough how important it is that you exercise. I was, uh, I was thinking about earlier this morning in this sort of conversation of how do you deal with crisis? And I'm going to mention a name and you should Google him. And if you can find any of his work, you should absolutely check it out. Uh, his name was uh, Jerry Coffey, right? Gerald Coffey. Um, he was a Vietnam veteran who was in the Hanoi prisons for seven years. I remember the first time I met him and he said, I said, tell me, you know, tell me your story before you go on stage. And he was going to share it with some of our friends. And he said, you ever driven in a convertible before? And I was like, yeah, of course. I'm like, and at that time I actually had a 66 convertible Mustang. Right. And I was like, yeah, like imagining. Yeah. And he's, he said, you know, picturing myself like driving in my convertible. And he said, I'd like you to picture going 600 miles an hour and then putting your head up. And I was like, that sounds painful. He goes, well, my plane got hit. I hit the eject button and boom, I'm suddenly thrown out of my, my, you know, my airplane, it goes down. And instantaneously, as I hit the water, I'm surrounded by boats. They grab me, I'm put into a van, I'm taken into a prison. And he said, for seven straight years, I got daily torture and beatings. He's telling me this story and I'm thinking to myself, how does one survive that? How does one do it? And he said, Tom, there's a couple things. I'm in a cell, I'm going from memory here, that was seven feet long by three feet, right? Seven feet long by three feet for seven years. Think about that for seven years. He said daily, cause he's, you know, he's an officer. He is tortured. He is beaten. He is, we can't even imagine, right? The cruelty that this guy experienced. And he said, and yet two things happened every day. Number one at night, he would do Morse code to the guys that were new or had been around for a long time to say good night, to say, I love you, to say, we're going to make it through this. And he said, and every day, religiously, I did hundreds of push-ups. Here's a guy in prison, not in a, a civil environment, being tortured and beaten in a seven-foot by three-foot cell, right? Being woken up at night to be beaten nonstop, who's doing push-ups and sit-ups and communicating to the people around him to let them know, I'm okay, you're going to be okay, we're going to get through this you know, God bless America. I remember him telling me the story and I remember like literally being in tears, tears of, of just imagining what this guy was going through, but also tears of inspiration for what the human body and brain can actually do when you stop buying into the noise and you get focused. Long story short, do push-ups, go for a run, 
do whatever you can do to stay physically strong because listen, I've been talking a lot and I haven't mentioned it here about lionesses and lions versus lambs, right? And if you've been you know, following me on Instagram and every place else, I've been talking about this and it's been good because a lot of people are saying, you're right, Tom, I need to be a lioness in this situation. A lioness is calm, focused, takes care of their tribe, right? Doesn't waste their energy. It's the same thing for you. So number one, meditation or prayer, do anything two to three times a day, work out a couple times a day, right? Especially if you're home, work out a couple times a day now, but Tom, I got kids, do it with them, right? Do it with them. It's going to be good for them as well. Okay. The next one on my list is now is a great time. And I'm actually quoting Dr. Daniel Amen, a good friend of mine to avoid substances that numb you. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, drink more water, drink more tea. That would be a really good idea right now. If you are the kind of person that, you know, you have a few or you take a few or you do something a few and it throws you into a numb state, you're probably suppressing what's really going on. And you and I both know that goes back to the squeeze conversation. So I'm not trying to be all Dr. Phil or Dr. Oz on you. I'm just being a friendly coach, reminding you. Hey, it's Tom Ferry. Question, what's your favorite social media platform? Are you big on Insta? Do you love to tweet? No matter where you answer, I'd love for you to connect with me there. All you gotta do is just type in at Tom Ferry and follow and let's you and I connect. I wanna be able to deliver the right content, the right ideas, the ways to help you grow your business, stay fired up, keep moving, be in action and run plays that work and the platform that matters most to you. So subscribe and I'll see you there soon. Okay, next one on my list. Is there a better time than right now to be sharpening the ax? Do you know the old metaphorical example of two guys are working, right? And the boss comes out, two guys that are cutting down trees, fast version of the story. He says, okay, you guys got to get to a certain level of performance. I can only keep one of you, right? So the one guy just immediately just grabs his ax and he just starts chopping and chopping and chopping and chopping while the other guy takes his ax and starts sharpening it over and over. And the guy that's chopping is like, what are you doing, man? Like, you're gonna lose your job. Like, you gotta start doing this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. And he just keeps sharpening the ax, right? And all of a sudden, the guy that's just whack, 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 next thing you know, guess what? He's slowing down, his performance drops. The other guy gets up there with a perfectly sharpened ax and starts taking out trees, sharp, 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 taking out trees. Guess who got the job? Guess who got the job? The one that sharpened the ax. This is the time where you need to ask yourself, what can I do to improve my negotiation skills? Is this the time where I can improve my tech skills? Is this the time where I can improve my video skills? Is this the time where I can communicate better, right? This is the time to be reading books, right? Listening to books, podcasts, and more, right? Now is the time. This is certainly better than watching the news, right? The next thing on my list I wrote down is sleep. And again, my good buddy, Dr. Daniel Amon gets all the credit. He's the one that's been on me nonstop. He and Dr. Ed Park, big shout out to Ed Park. Uh, Ed, who said to me almost six years ago now, Ferry, if you can get to sleep and be, be asleep for four deep REM sleep cycles, your energy levels will skyrocket. And I was the guy that lived on like four to five hours a night of sleep. And he said to me, look, the, the only research around this that you should care about is people that don't sleep well, end up with cancer. I was like, well, that's not on my list of things to do. Tell me more about that. And he said, you need to sleep, you need to rest. And then Dr. Amen, who on our podcast, not but a few months ago said, if you get seven hours of sleep per night, your brain actually 
washes itself, removing all the toxins, so you wake up in the morning feeling sharp and ready to go. Now is the time, my friends. Now is the time. So those would be the five things. And you might say, hey, there's seven more on there. Like, all I'm going to say to you is, right now, being physically and mentally tough really matters. Because if you are physically and mentally weak in an environment like this, dealing with some of the things that we're all going to deal with, that you're going to be more susceptible to reaction and panic and freaking out versus more calm, more focused, more thoughtful, more caring, more empathetic, a better listener, less likely to explode on people. Does that make sense? Think about it, right? Just think about it. If you just stop right here, you're good. Okay, I'll give you a little more. Last couple of things. Three things. If I was sitting with you right now and I just talked with one of my personal clients who's having her best year ever, and we were talking about, she's like, okay, for the next like week or so, what should I be doing? And I'm like, okay, three things. Number one, you need to be communicating with all of your clients under contract, right? All of your coming soon listings, she has six listings that are in various stages of getting ready to go on the market in the next two to three weeks, right? As we enter the spring market, right? Communicate with them, your listing pipeline. Communicate with all your buyers that have shifted from research to transactional. And the thing that we talked about was, it's one thing for me to say to you, get in communication, right? How are you? What's going on? What are you guys thinking about? First and foremost, with every one of the clients, are you safe? Are you okay? Is your friends and family okay? I'm just reaching out, right? I'm your real estate professional. I'm your loan officer, right? This is my job. How you doing, right? But here's what we talked about. You got to be mindful of your tonality. Now, I've been talking about this conversation of tonality since I was a kid, right? We know that 55% of your total communication is the way you move your body and 38% is your tone. So how people experience you, right? Especially if we're over the phone, we got five senses. I know you think you have six, but you know, most of us, we got five. You got five senses. When I'm over the phone, I only have one and that's hearing. So I don't get to see your physical body nodding yes or saying no or being powerful or being soft. All I hear is your tone and then the balance of it is just your words, right? 7% is your words, like the actual thing you're saying. And, you know, we've all heard a million examples of this of, you know, Mark versus Mark. Well, the name is exactly the same. Brenda, Brenda, right? The name is exactly the same, but the tone creates how people experience it. So why am I bringing this up to you? You're about to reach out to all your clients. You're about to reach out to all your people that are in a contract. Be mindful of your tonality because if you sound weak, you are weak. If you sound scared, you're actually putting fear into your clients. Let me say that to you again. If you call agents, I just, we, literally my client Janelle and I were just talking about this. She goes, we're in the middle of a deal. The other agent calls like, oh my God, do you think we're going to be able to put in like literally Janelle who speaks, it's, Janelle is just a beast. Like she's an extraordinary human being, calm under pressure, married, two kids, running a family business, super dynamic. But she knows, she's like, this agent was like, oh my God, you know, Jen, are we going to be able to, and what are we going to do? She's like, she's acting as the agent was. I'm like, what did you do? She goes, hey, 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 slow down a second. Let's talk about what we know, which is arguably the best language pattern ever. Think about it. I'm saying to you, you got to remove the fear from your tone right? And you got to be very mindful of the words that you use. So I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly what I wrote down. You ready? The first thing is know the facts, know the facts. 
too many people right now are talking out of their you-know-what, their headline reading, and sharing it with others. Have we not learned headline readers are stupid? I'm just saying it to you right now. Like, if you're a headline reader, yes, I'm calling you stupid. If you walk through the grocery store and you see Michael Jackson had an alien baby and you believe that, you're stupid. That was on the National Enquirer. Michael Jackson, alien baby. Like, like people, listen to me. You're part of my tribe. We got to be mindful of clickbait, of noise, of the people that are trying to stir the pot. You with me on this? So they get news, so they get people to watch, so they get people to read because that's how they make their money. You with me? We've got to be the voice of reason. So I'm sorry if I offended you. If you're a headline reader, in today's world, with what's going on right now, you got to know the facts. You got, like, I got probably, what, four texts over the weekend, right? Today's Monday, four texts over the weekend, including one from my 18-year-old son who said, uh, Dad, I got this from a friend, and it's like literally a friend from a friend from a cat from a puppy whose aunt used to work at the FBI, and they're, they're dealing directly with the president, and here's what it says. I have to text these people and say, really, really, like, really, like, do you really think your uncle's aunt's cat's puppy is in communication with the president? Like, we got to be calm. And I know it's kind of a silly example. Maybe you saw those too, to the point that I saw the CDC and others actually post, you know, be wary of these fake texts that are going around. People are potsters. We need to be calm. Let's go back to this. I'm communicating with my clients. I've got to talk about the things that I know and when I don't, be very comfortable to say, you know what, I've got to call legal or I've got to call my broker. I want to make sure that the facts are 100% in a row before I give you the answer on that. I think that's really the message. Go into your broker, go into your legal counsel, finding the facts and then reporting on the facts because the cardinal sin is to say, well, you know, here's what I think. I, I said years ago um, on a podcast or now a video, I guess I should say, that amateurs talk about like they say things like, well, I think we should do this. I think we should do that. I think we should do this. Where professionals say, let me tell you what I know. I know if I do this many open houses, I'm going to get the job done. I know if I do this marketing, it's going to work. I know if we price it correctly, we're going to get multiple offers, right? Amateurs say things like, well, I think we could get away with that. Let's try it, right? Right now, now more than ever, we have got to be professionals. We got to talk about the things that we know. And when we don't know, be very comfortable saying, let me get back to you. I need to talk to legal. Let's make sure we're doing the right thing here for you, for the other client, et cetera, et cetera. Does that make sense? I know I'm harping on this, but it's an important one. Okay. I also wrote down, you ready? My buddy Todd Herman, big shout out to Todd, wrote this book called The Alter Ego. If you haven't listened to it, I strongly recommend you get the audio or the book. I was thinking about him this morning, right? The context that he's given to myself and my son who was with him recently uh, in New York. He said, you know, the alter ego is about saying, I'm going to put on sort of this what would be the best way to describe it? I don't know. Superman's cape, Clark Kent's glasses. I'm going to put myself into the experience of this person. So I thought if I'm communicating right now to customers and I'm feeling a little bit nervous, right? Just being honest, I'm feeling a little bit nervous. What should I do? Like maybe the persona that I need to put out there, like you talked about in the book, um, 
I'm not going to totally space Beyonce, but her, her alter ego is Sasha Fierce. Thank you, team. Right. That Beyonce said, you know, I, I could never as this sort of like raise the way I was raised in this very deeply religious environment, go up and shake it and do all the things that she would do. So she created an alter ego called Sasha Fierce, who could get up on stage and perform like a beast and become the extraordinary performer that we know. He talks about it in the book. Well, it's no different from us. Like I thought to myself, like in maybe some tougher negotiations right now, or maybe in sometimes delivering more challenging news or just being a voice of reason when somebody's in a state of like panic, I wrote down, what if I just imagine myself as a surgeon? My buddy, Chris Duma, uh, maybe he's listening. What's up, Chris? Uh, Chris does like 14 to 15 brain surgeries a week. Think about that. Like he and I would see each other on like a Friday night. Hey, you want to have a glass of wine? Sure, let's get together. How was your week? I'm like, oh man, I had to be in Cincinnati. Then I had to go to Toronto, and then my plane was delayed, and I got you know stuck there. Then I went here, and the hotel room was crappy. And I'm like, how was your week? He's like, well, I did 15 brain surgeries. I'm like, uh, you win, right? Like, Chris, imagine the pressure that that guy deals with, and yet he has trained himself to be calm, to be in the moment, to be a problem solver. You can't, you can't go out to someone's parents or their, you know, their family and say, well, I think it went okay at the end of the surgery, right? A surgeon's going to be prepared, organized, thoughtful, tell you the facts, let you know what's going on. Like maybe that becomes the persona or maybe it's an attorney, right? Or maybe it's an airline pilot or I actually wrote down, Hey, Chris Voss, big shout out to Chris. Maybe you're going to talk to people like a hostage terrorist negotiator, right? Like maybe that becomes the persona that you need to take on. So even if you're feeling that fear or you're a little bit nervous because you know, you're feeling the squeeze, maybe you take on that alter ego as just another way to up your level of confidence, to deliver news and stay connected. Cause the last thing we can do right now is be in that foxhole. The last thing we can do right now is be in that foxhole and be hiding right from people. We've got to be out in front, like that could be via Zoom, via Facebook and others and be in communication. All right, that's the first one. Next one's easy. It's actually kind of fun, you ready? I wrote down, um, now is the time to take care of your tribe. So I'm your coach and I'm telling you right now, listen to me, you gotta take care of your tribe. What does that mean? Your team, your partners, your office mates, your sphere, your past clients, your farm, your community, your tribe, right? The people that you love, the people that you, you want to serve, the people that you are serving, the people that one day you might help buy and sell real estate or not, right? Here's what I wrote down. How do you do that? You gotta over communicate. You gotta over communicate and be of service. Now, you know I'm a huge fan of video, 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 right? Like all my clients are kind of like, oh, for three or four years you've been telling us like we all use Zoom, like that's how we communicate inside of our platform. They all have a huge advantage right now because they're comfortable having these conversations with people in a Zoom environment, right? I would challenge it right now, my friends, you should be doing lots of Facebook Live, you should be doing, inviting people to, you know, little meetups in terms of Zoom, tomorrow. So by the time you listen to this, it'll be Wednesday or Thursday is St. Patrick's day. Why not throw a St. Patty's zoom virtual party and hang out with your buddies across the globe and have a green beer or do whatever you do, but do it in a safe way. Does that make sense? I also wrote down a bunch of our coaches, right? Are doing some things that I thought were super impressive. Think about the, the community connection standpoint of this, right? We want to take care of our tribe. We want to stay in communication. We want to basically have our brand be that of a voice of reason, someone that cares and someone that is, that is like 
taking responsibility for what's going on. So literally, what if I told you I've got coaches that are saying, I'm gonna do uh, yoga Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm gonna do it live on Zoom, and anybody that wants to do yoga with me at this time, jump in. And literally, three people, four people, six people, that's awesome. What if right now, you were saying, hey, you know, for all of you with kids, I will do a guest appearance book reading if that would bring you value, right? You know that the kids suddenly see a screen and a familiar face or someone that, you know, can be fun and goofy like us. Hey guys, I'm, I want to read you this book. I'm super excited. And you like read a book to them. You might be saying, Fairy, have you lost your mind? I'm saying to you, we got to bring humanity to these times. Think about it. Like this is the time where we have to go out of our way to serve, to make a difference, right? On the back side of this, how are you going to be remembered? Are they going to say, God, I don't know what happened to her. She just kind of vanished. I hope she's okay. Or are they going to say, man, she stood up. You know what she did? She did like a, she, she taught my entire school, all the teachers, how to use zoom. Emily, one of our coaches just did that. She's doing zoom how to's for uh, teachers and family members. So they understand this new technology. My buddy who I played, uh, you know, played like a couple holes at golf with a couple days ago. We actually talked about this, that like, Hey, my wife's a teacher. Like they need to learn how to use this stuff. What if you did some things like that for your community? What if you did some things like how to use zoom, how to use Slack, right? How to use whatever, right? Like being of service is just always the right thing to do. So maybe it's not just about real estate. Maybe it's not just about virtual open houses and virtual showings and all that stuff, which we already know, like maybe that's the appropriate protocol right now or not sitting here on March 16th, right? 2020. So that's the second thing. Think about how you can give back and connect in different and meaningful ways. If you like to cook, do a cooking show, teach people how to make lasagna, do something because whoever communicates the most and brings the most value always wins. All right, here's the last one, number three. I wrote down get comfortable with Zoom or Google Hangouts, and no, I'm not an investor in Zoom, but probably should buy the stock, just saying that out loud. By the way, I get people asking me all the time, I'm, this is like a public service announcement. Tom, you've been saying for like a decade, hoard your cash, save your money, you know, make smart investments, and, and you know, one day when the world goes on sale, we should buy stocks. So I just have to say this because I'm getting this text nonstop, right? Tom, what stocks should I be buying? Here's my first question to you. What stocks do you currently own? And the response that I get back from most people is none. To which my response is, if you don't own public equities now, why? Why do you not own equities? Why are you not in the market? If you're not in the market now, why would you jump in today, right? If you don't believe in it, don't get into it now. Like, cause you'll probably make some stupid decisions. Just, does that make sense? Like common sense, right? Um, the second thing I say is if you're in the market and you own a bunch of stocks and you're long on those companies, you might want to look at dollar cost averaging, which means you can buy a few more of them at, at lower prices. Right. But the thing I'm telling everybody is if you're not sitting on four, five, six months of reserves in your cash accounts, right? You should be focused on that first. Cash is always, always, always a good thing to have lots of. Make sense? Right? So if you have above and beyond money, then you can look at the market, right? And then people say to me, well, what else? And I say, well, look, you know, I'm looking at, at companies that I believe in with great balance sheets, with great brands, and I may throw a couple shackles at them. I'm not sure. Be mindful. Fortunes are made during this time. But if you're not in a position to be taking that kind of action, or you're potentially putting yourself from a cash standpoint or your business or your family at risk, don't do that, right? That's just common sense. All right. 
last thing on business. Just had to throw that into the podcast, which had nothing to do with what I was talking about, but man, I've gotten that text a gazillion times. So here's what I do want to say to you. Get really comfortable right now doing Zoom, right? Or Google Hangouts or WeChat or any other two-way video communication platform. The reason why I like Zoom is I can upload a PowerPoint to it, right? I can have multiple people on it. I know you can do this with some of the other Google Hangouts and others, but whatever one you're comfortable with, I, I really am not attached to whichever one you use. But here's the reason why, you ready? Number one, right? You could use these platforms today to connect face-to-face -face with your prospects. You can do buyer consultations, especially for research phase buyers that are like, hey, interest rates are interest rates, opportunity is opportunity. We're moving to wherever because we're still moving to wherever, like regardless that the world maybe is, you know, on today is having a pause, like we're still buying a house. So to take the time to do research phase consultations with buyers, which you can do from your living room, from your house, from your office, wherever you find yourself via these channels is an excellent use of your time and it's good for your business. And then I wrote down, how about virtual listing presentations right now? Big shout out to Jill Biggs in Hoboken, New Jersey. Talked to her yesterday. I'm like, how's your day going? She's like, well, I took a listing over the phone. I'm about to take another one. Like the reality is like all my friends in second home sales environments, you know, the Jackson Hole, Wyoming's, Palm Desert, et cetera, you know, technically even Miami as an example, Aspen, right? Whistler. These agents are so accustomed to doing listing presentations, buyer presentations, consultations, negotiations, and in many cases, right, only see the client maybe once or twice face to face. I would challenge you that today, maybe that becomes part of the new norm for you. Like what if all of a sudden you became so good at listing appointments via video, right? Via Skype, via however you choose that now all of a sudden it becomes in the future a degree of separation that allows you and the customer to be served in their model of the world. I'm just saying to you for the short term, it could become the new norm as I sit here on March 16th, 2020. Maybe in a couple weeks, it's absolutely not. Maybe for a month, it absolutely is. Either way, if I was your coach, these are the things I'm advising you to do. So let's wrap it up. I started this by saying, things happen and when they do, how do you react? I'm challenging everyone I know and everyone I love to be a lioness, or a lion and not be a lamb, not be the one that hears a little noise and oh my God is off to running. You know what I mean? And next thing you know, they try and get everybody else to be in a panic also because oh my goodness, right? And they freak out. We're in the business of service. We're in the business of solving problems. We're in the business of helping people. 17%, if you're in the US, 17% of the GDP is housing. It's not going anywhere. I was uh, reviewing some notes from a Goldman Sachs conference call that literally just happened hours ago. And everything was the same thing. Housing is too good, right? Housing is too good. We're not going to a recession. The world's not falling apart. We are definitely in a situation that has a lot of people nervous, right? For all the obvious reasons. But like, interesting that here we are, the equities market is saying housing is solid, right? Think about that. That's the world that you and I live in. We need to make sure we're doing the solid things first and foremost for our body and our brain, right? Body and our brain, kind of messing those up as I'm doing if you're watching the video. So we're in the best possible position to have the most amount of energy to serve the people that we love and we want to support. And then be doing the tactical stuff. 
right? Be doing the tactical stuff. Take care of your clients. Take care of your tribe, right? Take care of your sphere. Take care of your past clients just for the next week. Make sure that everybody gets touched. Make sure that everybody hears from you, right? Not as a salesperson, but as a human being who's bringing humanity to a very crazy time. Does that make sense? Right? And then, hey, jump on Zoom or Google Hangouts or WeChat or whatever and get comfortable in this new norm, right? Get comfortable potentially for this new, call it uh, uh, non-face-to-face, non-physical sales, which is maybe the new norm for the next couple of weeks. And if it is, wouldn't it be great if you were already prepped and ready for it versus so many people in our industry? God bless them all, right? The ones that are gonna resist, the ones that are just gonna put their head in the sand and say, you know, woe is me and it's over. And you know, these are the same people that said we'll never fly again after 9-11. Think about it. Like we are such a resilient society. We will get through this. You and I, we're gonna get through it because we're lions and lionesses and we're calm and we're focused and we're being of service and we're not wasting our energy on things we can't control. Make sense? So. All right, that's all I got, but I'll talk to you next week. And until then, let's keep our mindset right and let's stay in the right action. Bring humanity back to the business. See you soon. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.